Hey, book club. I'm Kayla. And I'm Rachel. And we're the hosts of Books and Boards, the book club for people without one. There's nothing better than cozying up with your favorite book and a board full of snacks. Except for maybe rapid fire texting your sister about all the juicy details. We got tired of texting, so now we're here to talk about it. Let's dive in. Welcome to our first episode. We are so glad you're here with us at Books and Boards Pod today, and we are so excited to jump into our first episode. Rachel and I have been talking about doing this for a while, and we are so excited to jump in and just start talking with everybody. Start talking books. Start talking boards. Start We're talking here. snacks. Yes, Rachel's in Scotland. I'm in Memphis. We've both got our snacks ready in honor of this book. We have our almonds and our shortbread cookies, our salami and crackers, some English cheddar. Mm. We can't wait to show you what our boards look like here soon on the Instagram and just dive on in to this book. How's it feeling over there in Scotland, Rachel? It feels good. It's a little cold, um, but that's also probably because it's night right now um so you know the sun goes down very early here it also doesn't come up until like 9 a.m which is interesting like it's just I didn't think that it would have that much an effect on me but I'm usually like an early riser like in the past couple years like I've started to get up early and now I literally cannot get out of bed before like 9 30 because there's just there's no also because I just don't have have, my classes haven't started yet so there's not like a reason to get out of bed that early and the Mm -hmm. sun's not out and it's cold so I just stay all cozy yeah I would too it you wouldn't expect Memphis Tennessee to be colder than Scotland right now but it is it's like seven degrees today while we're recording this episode and it just started to snow which is exciting but it has me under my heated blanket just all curled up and cozy with my snacks (laughs) and we'll probably be reading a book later today because I'm on brand apparently (laughs) I mean what else could a girl want exactly well I'm excited to talk about it girl with you today this one was twisty and it was turvy it was crazy it had me thinking all sorts of which ways so if you haven't read it girl yet and you just want to hear the recap you're in the right place I think Rachel's going to give us that recap if you haven't read it but want to read it stop right here there are spoilers ahead we are going to give a recap of the book so go read the book and then come back to us when you're done and Rachel Do you want to help us remember what happened or get everyone up to date on the craziness that happened in It Girl? Let's do it. There was a lot of crazy, so bear with me. There (laughs) was. Bear with me. But yeah, so It Girl is kind of like a mystery thriller. Um, It's by one of our favorite authors, Ruth Ware. Mm -hmm. Um, And it follows a young woman named Hannah. And the book goes back and forth between like two time periods. So they're labeled as present and before. And we find out that before refers to before the death of Hannah's best friend and her college roommate, whose name is April. And then the present storyline starts out with Hannah, who is pregnant with her first child. She's working in a cozy little bookstore in Edinburgh, Scotland. And she gets a phone call from her mom who tells her that John Neville, who is the man accused of murdering April, has died of a heart attack in prison. So 
book starts out strong and we quickly find out that Hannah is kind of having second thoughts about the truth of what happened that night. And now she's scared that she may have sent an innocent man to prison. So big, big yikes there. Yeah. So here's what we find out throughout the book about the events leading up to April's death. So Hannah meets April when they become roommates at Pelham College, which is at Oxford University. And April is from a very wealthy family. She's kind of your traditional, popular, beautiful, rich, it girl. Um, Hannah is then from a lower income family and is just kind of mesmerized by April immediately. And they quickly become best friends. Um, And we also meet their friend group, which includes Will, Hugh, Emily, and Ryan. Will and April quickly become a couple, and then Ryan and Emily also start dating around the same time. And we find out later that Ryan and April, so one from each of those two separate couples, are having a secret affair. Yeah, spicy. (laughs) We also find out that Will and Hannah kind of started getting a little cozy. Like you could tell from the beginning that there was something between them. But they didn't really act on it until one night they do share a secret kiss. But then nothing really happens after that. Um, so there's like really hard for it not to happen. Yeah. But then it does. But it does anyway. <laughs> so um, there's a lot of interesting dynamics happening within that friend group. <laughs> right. But um, yeah. So then we're also introduced to Hannah's personal tutor, Dr. Myers. And I didn't really know what that was before coming to the UK. But it's just a thing that they do within like the university systems here where each student is assigned a personal tutor and it's just someone from the faculty like of your program that you can go to for like general help um so if you're needing help managing assignments or like if you want advice on a certain class or assignment like you can go and talk to them about it um it's usually someone from like the program that you're in but not necessarily like one of your professors. It could be someone different. Is it kind of like an advisor, mentor type thing? Yes. Yes, I would say but so. But a little different. But okay. a little bit different because you're like personally assigned to them. Okay. Um. But yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of cool though. It's like a more uh, personalized like support at, system. Support system, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but Dr. Myers, even though the the – idea of a personal tutor is great dr myers is a little little creepy um mm. one because he weirdly lives right across the hall like in the same building as april and hannah and i just think that's kind of odd that they're living in the same place um, so is that normal or no i don't i don't know i mean it I feels odd so. to me it feels odd to me i mean it would be like if you lived in a dorm and like one of your professors lived across the hall from you true like you wouldn't necessarily have professors in that setting also because i was confused because it made it sound like his office was in uh-huh. the same was in the same place but i don't know anyway um he just seemed to have somewhat of a special interest in some of his female students mm, it was really giving aria and mr fitz from pretty little liars for me <laughs> yeah yeah just like a lot of the girls thought it was cool and no big deal and it was kind of sweet but if you think about it from an older perspective you're like "Mm, Mm. i don't think so yeah kind of problematic there but um Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So, and then the last character that is important to note here is John Neville, who I mentioned at the beginning. So he is the man who is in prison or was in prison because he was accused of April's murder. And he was a porter at the university and Hannah met him on her first day there. And they kind of had a few odd, weird encounters. And so that just kind of gave her like a bad, creepy impression of him. Mm -hmm. And so the night of April's death, Hannah and Hugh walk up to Hannah and April's room and they find April on the floor. Hugh then sends Hannah out for help and tries to resuscitate April. But when Hannah comes back, April is dead. And the only other person that they saw in the stairwell coming down that night was John Neville, which ultimately led to his conviction. Because logistically, who else could have had the time to get into April's room if they saw him coming down and they were going up? So that was kind of where the logic came there. Uh, So now let's get into the present day. So since April's death, Hannah has been getting naturally all kinds of emails from different reporters, people all over that just, Mm -hmm. you know, get obsessed with cases like this. This is like your typical true crime nowadays. It seemed like you've got the it girl, the popular person, something terrible happens, and all the news sites, the TikToks, the everything, want all the juicy details, which is kind of messed up, but here we are. And obviously now with the news of John Neville's death, the emails have now, you know, started up again. They've only increased because Mm. the hype is kind of coming back around. Hype is the wrong word to use when you're talking about that. But you know what I mean? Like the the um like the voyeurism. Yes. Yeah. People want the inside scoop. They want all the details, which yes. we shouldn't have access to, but we do. Yes. So there's one reporter in particular named Garant. I think Garant. I think that's how you say it. Couldn't tell you. I'm gonna go with Garant. Um, that's what Google told us at least. Yes. Yeah. That was, well, that was the American pronunciation. I'm not going to attempt the British pronunciation because I already get roasted enough for my pronunciation of things here. Don't come for us for the pronunciation of this reporter's name. No. Um, but this reporter shows up at Hannah's work and starts asking kind of questions, starts, you know, digging up some, some info, like just details that she has like tried to just kind of ignore Um, And so now she's kind of questioning everything. We also find out that Hannah is now married to Will. So remember, Will was April's boyfriend at the time when they were in college and when she died. So this point, just basically everyone in the book kind of becomes a suspect and no one's safe, really. (laughs) But so Hannah starts going down kind of just a rabbit hole of trying to fill in the gaps of that night, trying to decide who else might have wanted April dead. The problem with that is that almost everybody had a motive of some kind. Mm -hmm. Um, April, you know, was described as like a loving friend. They were very close. They were best friends. But she also loved to mess with people. And she pulled her fair share of pranks even on her closest friends. And they weren't just like your, you know, silly little haha, good one prank. They were like super intense and harmful and hurtful. And so, like, for example, she convinced Emily that like her assessment results were being called into question by the university because she fabricated this very elaborate 
like letter she pretended to be like a RA of some sort and was like banging on the door um of like Ryan's apartment when she knew that he was smoking and so he like flushed all of his weed and like he got it was just like super intense pranks there was a pregnancy prank at one point just a lot kind of cruel just like a little far too much yeah yeah a little far little cross the line he thought they were a prank but it was a little much yeah yeah um so what hannah couldn't really understand at the time was that you know april had pulled all these pranks on every single one in their friend group like on will on Hugh, like all of them except for her except for hannah and so she didn't really she that was another thing that she was grappling with at the time was like if she was pulling all these on other people why wouldn't she pull something on me um so she hannah just starts to kind of suspect like suspect everyone around her she partners up with garrett the reporter and then he introduces her to november who is april's younger sister and they kind of team up to start to try to find answers um so hannah and november head down to oxford for the first time since april's death um, because they want to talk to Dr. Myers and try to get some answers because they start to realize that he might have been the only other person that could have gotten into April's room without using the stairwell because he lived across the hall. So he could have gotten in without anyone seeing. But unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know, they find out that he had an alibi, so it couldn't have been him. Um, they also talked to Emily briefly while they're there and like... Emily still had some, I think, resentment because of the prank that April pr played on her when she was also kind of – she seemed annoyed that they were digging things up and that, like, they just needed to let it rest. Mm -hmm. um, so that was another conversation that they had on that trip. But on their way home, she – Hannah gets a call from Hugh who tells her that the night that April died, he heard Will moving around in his apartment even though will said that he was out of town so it was like in the early hours of the morning he was supposed to be gone that was his alibi and supposedly will was there because hugh heard him moving around so hmm. at that point all signs unfortunately point to will and hannah feels you know distressed little trapped and she can't you know she can't really believe that will could be capable of that but she also remembers that you know at the time of april's death will and april seemed a little rocky like we're kind of on the outs um and then she starts to question you know what if april knew about the kiss that she had shared with will maybe she confronted will about it maybe he i don't know was trying to quiet her like she just starts to question all these things and starts to kind of like rationalize like could it have been him She's not even trusting herself at this point, no, which I wouldn't either. <laughs> trust, trusting no one. Um, so Hannah ends up kind of confronting Will because he catches her on the like tail end of a conversation with Hugh. And he starts to realize that she suspects him. And he doesn't really react in the way that you'd expect someone innocent to react, I'd say. Uh, not at all. Not yeah. at all. So Hannah... Based on his reaction, he kind of laughs at her and is just like, I don't know, just is acting weird. And he kind I think, of lunges at her yeah. from her perspective. Yeah. And so she kind of freaks because she thinks that he is literally a killer. And she runs out of the house barefoot, 
you know, it's a cold winter morning, cobblestone streets, no shoes. She thinks her husband is a murderer. Very distressing. She catches the a drama. cab. Yeah. She catches a cab and she heads to Hugh's house in hopes that she'll be safe there. Ooh. Unfortunately, that's not what she found. <laughs> um, instead, she kind of has this, you know, at first Hugh is comforting, gets her clothes, a bath, food, whatever. But then she starts to feel really tired. She like sleeps for like a couple hours or something, wakes up and then like goes to sleep again. And she's you know, just seems kind of disoriented. And then she wakes up again and they're in Hugh's car and it's like in the middle of the night. And he is saying that supposedly they're driving to the police station, but she starts to realize that she wasn't just sleepy. She was drugged and they are not heading to the police station because they're not going in the right direction. They've been driving for way too long. And it's again in the middle of the night and also in the middle of nowhere. And it's cold. It's rainy. It's the perfect setting for the climax of a story. Yes. Here we go. So, this is where it gets just even crazier. But luckily, Hannah's a clever girl. She ends up like secretly getting Will on the phone. Her phone, I think, when she was in the argument with Will, it got smashed and her screen wasn't working. And so she couldn't see anything on the screen, but she was able to like sneakily do the little voice to text, like, command and get on the phone with will and so she doesn't really know if he's on the other end if he is picked up but she's just hoping and praying that he has and so she tries to get hugh to start talking so while she's on the phone with will hugh essentially confesses everything to hannah and he explains that april was in fact playing a prank on hannah on the night that she died by playing dead in her room when Hannah and Hugh walked in and found her on the floor. So when Hannah and Hugh walked into the room and found her on the floor, she was not dead. She but was Hannah still... never got close enough to know that. No. She, like, walks in, and then I think it just says that she, like, falls to the floor. I think that's what, like, the description was. Mm -hmm. So she was never close enough to April to know that she wasn't actually dead. So then Hugh was in on it. He was in on the prank. He tells Hannah to go find help. So Hannah goes out of the room. And then Hugh, what April didn't anticipate was that Hugh in that moment took advantage of the opportunity to get April back for blackmailing him because she found out that he had someone else take his entrance exams for him and she had been just like using it and like holding it over him the whole time that they were in school and he I think just like broke and just saw the opportunity and took it. And so he strangled April before Hannah came back into the room from trying to get help. Oh, crazy. So they were correct in thinking that like no one else could have gotten into the room, but they just, we just didn't know that it was Hugh because he was already in the room. Ugh, and Hannah crazy. said this whole time that she was dead when they got there because she looked it and mm -hmm. she trusted Hugh because something we haven't talked about is that Hugh was in school to be a doctor and he is a doctor now, which is he mm -hmm. how why he has access to the drugs. And so she trusted him that he knew that she was already dead and that he was going to start the resuscitation and then it didn't work and all of this stuff. Yep. And he, the little sociopath, just got us all. Yep. He tricked us all. Yep. Yep. So Hugh kind of explains that he plans to frame Will for April's death, which is kind of what he did by feeding that information about Will being in the apartment to mm -hmm. Hannah. And then he plans to 
basically kill Hannah and then stage her death as a suicide because he'll like kind of phrase it as like Hannah found out that Will quote unquote killed April and she was so distraught and that she, you know, committed suicide. And this is once they get to the cliffs, right? Yes. When they're so, on that windy back road. Yes. Yeah, so he's taking her out to the middle of nowhere. He's confessing all this stuff. And then he plans to do that when they get out to the cliff, wherever they're going. Which was a sentimental spot for her and Will, right? Yes. Yes. It was the place where Will took Hannah on their first like date after they reconnected after April's death. And so I think Hugh knew that because Will had like told him like, oh, I'm taking her on our you know, whatever. Very dramatic. Yes. So luckily, Will is also a very smart man, you know, <sighs> Oxford educated, so wouldn't expect anything else. <laughs> but he zooms into the rescue on a motorcycle, which just kind of made me laugh that like that was the that was the mode of transportation that he took. But, you know, teaches on rainy and windy and he didn't yeah. crash. Just seems kind of dangerous, but, you know. I mean, anyway. when your wife and mother of your child is about to be killed by a sociopath, I guess you do what needs to be done. That's true. That's true. Um, so he has also been recording the phone call the entire time. Thank goodness. Which, which is good because now they have Hugh's confession on the recording. So the whole twisty, turvy journey comes to an end when Will gets there. There's kind of a struggle. Gunshot goes off. The reader doesn't really know who gets shot, but luckily, I mean, I don't want to say luckily because someone still died, but <laughs> Hugh ends up dying. Will is shot, but recovers and is still alive. So kind of sort of happy ending, but, you know, that's life, I it's guess. Life. Yeah. No true happy endings. There's yeah. happy endings with a side of trauma. Yeah. Which is what we get in this book. I was shook at that last scene. I, we, it like jumps forward and you have no idea who lived and who died. And it just keeps saying, Will should be here. And I'm like, yes, he should be here. Why is he not alive? Why did you kill him off after all of this? And then you find out he's just in the hospital recovering that whole time. And they're actually at Hugh's funeral, which like you said, is tragic in its own way. I also feel like you find out that he truly was a sociopath or psychopath, whatever, whichever one he falls into. Yeah. Like you hear all of this other stuff about him that you're like, oh, you have been manipulating and deceiving people mm -hmm. for so long. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, now that we're caught up, we're reminded about this wild plot and all the twists and the turns that it takes. And you don't trust the book, just like Hannah doesn't trust herself until the <laughs> end. Um. Let's talk about it. This book made me want to go to a school that was that old and just walk the grounds. It sounded so fun and fancy. And this might be my love of Hogwarts and Harry Potter talking, but I just want to add Oxford to my bucket list for travel now. In real life, it's the University of Oxford, I think, right? That's just one school. I was getting a little confused in the book because it was talking about different colleges too. Do you know how that works? Yeah. So it's just one university, but then they have different colleges that are made up of just like smaller groups of students and so they'll have like a college that has you know that's where they live that's where they eat that's where they study that's where their classes are and I I don't really know if it's design if it's like split up by program or like the focus of study I don't really know that 
Um, I think it's just maybe like, like different ones are more prestigious than the others. Yeah. I think that's why I was getting confused because they're all in, they're all learning different things. Like one's going to be a doctor, one, one, you know, like they're doing different stuff. So why are you all in the same college if it was like ours here, but it sounds like it's different than ours here. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, that makes sense. If anyone out there is listening and knows more about the ins and outs of Oxford and all of its colleges, please let us know. We both went to school in college in true little Southern college town. So we're both really intrigued by this way of life. And Rachel is dipping her toes into it a little bit. So I'm living vicariously through her, but still a little different because it's not undergrad and you're not living on campus. And it's not Oxford. (laughs) I feel like Oxford would be a different experience. than what I'm doing, but that's okay. I mean, basically the same, right? Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um. Well, you are, you're right. You're not living in Oxford. You're not even living in England. You're living in Scotland, which is near Edinburgh. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. Kind of. Okay, so that's where Hannah and Will are living in the present time. They have moved to Scotland. Hannah never actually finished her degree. Will did after a little bit of time after april died they ended up rekindling they get married they've been married for a while now Mm -hmm. but that was so cool you're living there kind of you're close to edinburgh right yes we are in a small town called bridge of allen which is right outside of sterling which is where i'm going to school so i'm going to university of sterling um but it's only about like 45 minutes by train into edinburgh so we i mean we have fallen in love with the city and we have made a lot of little weekend and day trips out of it. And yeah, it's just that it's it's beautiful. I mean, all of Scotland is beautiful, but Edinburgh is really cool because it's, I mean, it's a big city, but it is very old and like the architecture and everything is just that old, like cobblestone feel. There's a castle like up on the hill. You're surrounded by water and mountains and, and all the things, but then you're in a city. So it's kind of a nice combo. Mix of both. I love that. What was it like reading a book that was set in a place that you're living in or living nearby? I don't think I've ever done that before. Yeah, I don't think I have either. And I think it was also fun because it was when I read this, it was right. It was like soon after we moved here. And I, this is really funny, but when I got this book, I didn't know that it was set here. So it was just kind of a fun surprise. Um, I really just picked the book because I love Ruth Ware and I knew that it was one of her newer books and I hadn't read it yet. So I just like, I didn't even pay attention in the back. I just figured I would like it because it was her uh-huh. and I just, and I just got it. But so once I started reading it, I was like, oh my gosh, I know, I know what they're talking about. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was fun. Cause I recognized like the different neighborhoods. Um, I recognized like the name of the hotel that November was staying at when Hannah first met her. Um, and it was really cool to like be able to visualize the actual places that they were talking about. I did look up if um, the bookstore that Hannah works at was real and it wasn't, but (sighs) there's lots of like little bookstores and big bookstores. There's lots of just bookstores in general. Um, So I'm assuming that that's where the inspo came from. Yeah, that would have been cool. You can just pretend, I guess, the next time Mm -hmm. you go to a bookstore there that you're in Hannah's bookshop that she was working in, which is a lot of fun. I love when you can find real life places from books or movies and just go pretend you're them. Although I'm saying that I don't think I want Hannah's life Mm, to be fair. She's been (laughs) through a lot. (laughs) I don't think so. So Hannah has been through a lot. 
I'm just going to use that as a little segue. I swear I suspected every character at different points in this book. So who were your main suspects and why was it every character? Because I swear to you, it was every character for me at one point or another. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, This, I feel like I honestly like got whiplash, but in the best way possible. Because I feel like a lot of times in books, like you can tell like, mm-hmm. okay, it like you can kind of tell, like you kind of know where it's going, like who the possible subset. There's usually not that many. Like this book, there was a lot of uh-huh. different people and they all had some sort of motive and so I don't know I do think that my main suspect throughout most of it was Will but like really? si- but simultaneously I was like okay everything's pointing to Will like I think it's him there was a part of time where I started thinking I was really set on Dr. Myers mm-hmm. but then it was like every time I would think that like that's where the book went and then there was too much book left for me to like for it to actually be that because then the book like there was too many pages for that to be the conclusion right so I don't know I feel like the one person that I didn't ever really suspect was like John Neville really I mean yeah just because it was like okay well it can't be him because then what's the book about like what's the rest of the book about you know yeah that's a good point that is a good point. I think it some of the logic behind it, I just kept thinking, well, who else could have been up there if you're marking all these other suspects off the list? But yeah, true. gosh, I don't think I could honestly say that I had a main suspect during this book. My brain was truly all over the place. I went back and looked on my notes app that I was keeping for this book. I was keeping a little suspect list to just see where my brain went as I was reading. And I'm so glad I did. Although if you looked at the notes that I took, they rat me out that I had no loyalty for any character in this book. (laughs) Nobody was safe from my suspect list. I was doing what Hannah's brain was doing. I was like, it's this person. It's that person. No, it's them. Um, But since you mentioned him, we'll just start with Will. I... I mean, a lot of things pointed to him, and we find out later that we were led to believe that a lot of things were pointing to him and they might not have been. But why in the world did he react to Hannah like that in the apartment if he wasn't guilty? That was one of the big things that I kept thinking, oh, gosh, maybe it was him. Like when she confronted him, he acted so guilty. Yeah, I I really don't know. I feel like in other parts of the book they did or ruth i don't know if we can call her that but i'm going to um we want to be friends (laughs) i feel like she there were like little mentions of him maybe having like anger and like anger issues Mm -hmm. and so i feel like it was like leading you to think that that was gonna then boil up into this big thing and so then when she confronted him I don't know. I feel like maybe he just thought it was like so ridiculous and unbelievable that she could think that he was capable of that, that that's okay. where the la- like that's where the laughter came from. Like it was just him laughing at like, this is so absurd. Like you're like, you can't possibly think that I could do something like that. And maybe right. that's like, maybe that's why he acted like kind of irrationally, but I don't know. Like he's like, you're seven or eight months pregnant. You're being yeah. ridiculous. How could I have killed your best friend and my ex-girlfriend yeah why would you also think that of me also because he didn't have the same information that 
Mm. Hannah had at that point. He didn't know that he was like feeding this information to her. So he just thinks like you are just crazy. So true. He's probably like blaming the hormones. Lame. Mm -hmm. But probably in his head. I don't I just really didn't want it to be Will for Hannah's sake. And I think that's why my brain kept trying to blame other people because she had obviously already just been through so much and she was finally happy and she was pregnant and I wanted her to get her happy ending with Will. And I just didn't want him to be a killer and for her to get screwed over twice in her life. Yeah. But, I, I mean, we do find out it wasn't him. So do you think you would be able to forgive your significant other after they suspected you of murdering your best friend and their girlfriend? I don't like... I mean, it, they don't really touch on that at the end of the book. He's just automatically like, okay, I love you. And maybe it's yeah. the whole we both almost died thing that they just forget. But they had this whole really intense scene in the apartment where she's accusing him of murder and he reacts negatively. Mm -hmm. Would you be able to forgive each other? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like in that situation, like I said, like he didn't have the information that she did. And obviously the information was false. But I think maybe once he figured out like, oh, Hugh has been manipulating us for years and he has been telling her like he's someone that she trusted. Yeah. Probably as much as she trusted me. And he's telling her that I essentially killed April. So it's like I think once he I don't know, I think once he found out all of that information and saw how everything was stacked against him from her perspective in that moment that maybe he would mm -hmm. understand. And like you said, then they also literally almost died. So they trauma bonded maybe, but I don't know. I feel like in, in any, in any other situation, I'm not sure how that would go <laughs> down, but in that situation, I feel like I could understand. Yeah. I mean, I guess regardless, they both need intense therapy, so they should probably just get couples therapy while they're at it. Yeah. Yeah. To I think, talk about their reactions. I think and, a bit of both. A bit of couples yeah. therapy, a bit of individual <laughs> therapy. Their willingness to believe that their partner murdered somebody. Although, to be fair, on her behalf, Hannah didn't want it to be Will. Like, she kept trying mm -hmm. to come up with situations that made it not be will which is probably honestly what led the rest of us to believe that it was other people at one point or another because she didn't believe that he could do something like that but then yeah. all the facts i guess that's really what it boils down to and, i mean it's just hugh's fault truly 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent yeah. Hugh is the villain here and maybe we just came to that in our own little impromptu therapy session. So hopefully they're able to afford good therapists that will help them get to that point too. Hugh is the enemy, not each other. Not each other. Exactly. Well, I still legitimately thought at some point it could have been every character. At one point, Ryan. At one point, even Emily, Dr. Myers. Hugh was actually on my list. I went back to my suspect list to see who I thought might have done it. And apparently I'm a genius because Hugh was the first person on my list. And it was when they were at that strip poker party where he got angry and embarrassed. I feel like that was the first time you saw one of April's antics really rile someone else up. 
but other people were able to be mad at her outwardly. Mm-hmm. Like Emily was pissed at her and everybody knew it, but Hugh was so angry and embarrassed and it was just fuming on the inside and he never really let it out. So I think mm-hmm. that was the first time that I really was like, wait, what if he had something to do with this? But then it didn't make sense later, obviously, because yeah. you didn't know all the details. But um, I feel like Ruth, who we've decided is our new best friend because we love her book so much, um, she did do such a good job getting you into the heads of each of these characters. And you were able to see why everyone had a motive when it came to the it girl, like jealousy was in the mix. Money was in the mix. Ambition was in the mix. All of these things, reputation, all the things that are classic motives for murder in general were all swirling around this it girl, which makes a lot of sense. But I think you briefly mentioned this. Was there anyone that you didn't suspect? AKA, did you have more loyalty for anyone than I did? Because I didn't. (laughs) no loyalty over here yeah i mean i mentioned that i didn't ever really think it was john um i never really i mean i never really thought it was hannah there was like points where in the book it would like allude to her like maybe like she didn't remember what happened and like maybe she like blacked out or something like it kind of alluded to that and so there was like little tiny moments where i was like could it have been her but i didn't Mm -hmm. i really didn't think that it was her um, but then I was kind of opposite to you though. I never thought that it was Hugh until the very end. Like he was the one person where I was like, oh, it couldn't be him. Like, because he was described as just kind of the like mm. kind of the outsider, the like, I don't know, like more of a just passive. Passive, yeah. Like it just and because he was with her when they found her body, I was like, okay, well, it definitely can't be Hugh because he was there. Right. But I mean, that just is credit to Ruth for giving us. I feel like she gave us all the clues that pointed to him, but I still miss them because I was just so dead set on the fact that he was with her at the time that they found her body. So it couldn't have been him. Right. Well, and regardless, like very early on in the book, I was like, Hugh, question mark, question mark, question mark. But then I didn't, obviously, I was expecting everyone else too. Like I thought they might have done it. And so, to your point she did leave all of these breadcrumbs but took you on so many other paths that you were like no like how could it have been him yeah and I I think he was he was the one person who we didn't really have the full information about what April had done to him Mm -hmm. like like we knew about the big pranks that April had played on like Ryan and Emily and like we knew about those but we didn't know about the extent of like the blackmailing and him uh-huh. having someone take his exam and her knowing about it. like we didn't have all of that until the very end yes and then so he i was feel like that changed us, it. that's true that's true we didn't hear a lot of that until the end he was busy telling us everyone else's drama and hurts but hadn't told us his mm-hmm. which classic obviously And then at the end, he's giving us all of this information, and then we see how truly cruel and sociopathic he was being. I mean, he even – didn't he butt her with the end of his gun in her stomach when she was pregnant? And he's a doctor. He knew – I mean, I guess he was about to kill her, so he truly did not care. Mm -mm. But – I don't know. Then Will gets there. He's still going on. The gun goes off. 
I just have to say, I was reading this book on a plane, the end of it, and I whisper screamed, no, and covered my mouth when the gunshots happened because I thought that Will died. And I, it just didn't seem fair that I just went through this whole book. Hannah just went through all of this just for Will to die, which meant if Will died, obviously she was going to die probably, or she was going to have to live with this. I don't know what would have been worse. Yeah. When I like when that last chapter ended and then it jumped to the um like I don't know how long in between it was, but it jumped and like you didn't know which one of them died and which one of them survived. I was like, she cannot. <sighs> I was like, Ruth, you cannot take away this man from her after all of this that they have been through. And the fact that he is like he's finally cleared. Like you know it's not him. You know that it was yes. you the whole time. Like you cannot take him away from her. Luckily she didn't, but she just had to throw in one more final plot twist in there i guess i was like do not do this to me i'm invested which she does that in all of her books she's the best i Mm -hmm. haven't read a book by her that i don't like and i don't know what i would have done if she had killed will off but we're still on good terms ruth if you care (laughs) (laughs) i do love that the last chapter was titled the beginning though because i feel like hannah was truly trying to start her life over after all of that trauma and It was kind of sweet to think, I mean, these aren't real people, but it was sweet to think that she could see this as a new beginning. She could close those chapters. She knew what actually happened and she could maybe start to process everything about her best friend dying, who didn't deserve that by any means, but was actually kind of an awful person to people at times. Like she was... This person who was a kind and loving and loyal friend, but she was also someone who was playing pranks and cruel tricks on people. She was playing a very cruel trick on Hannah the night that she died, which ultimately led to her death. And then Hannah's absolute roller coaster of suspecting literally everyone in her life of murder, which has to do something to your brain and your trust of people. I don't know. And then knowing, to bring it all the way back to the beginning, that she helped put an innocent man in jail and she was giving the information, she only gave true information that she knew to be true, but she did help to put him in jail and he died there, even though he said he was innocent the whole time. All to just find out that really it was just one of her closest friends that was the murderer all along. How do you even start to process all of that? I don't know. (laughs) Exactly. The pause says it all because there's just no way. I mean, obviously there's a way, but people have to process and unpack terrible things all the time. But it's just a lot to think about. Yeah. And I think it's like, you know, her finally finding out the truth about what happened is going to take some weight off of her shoulders. But at the same time, it's like, okay, well, now she knows the truth. And now she has to like learn to live with that information and learn to live with like you said the fact that john neville was innocent and hugh who was one of her closest friends this entire time was the one that was guilty the whole time but yeah do you think if you were hannah try to put yourself in her shoes at the beginning of the book or even at the end like once you know everything Do you think you would have rather lived your life, not opened the email from the reporter, not met him in person, not gone through this whole journey, 
and just thought it was this porter man and then end up still friends with the actual killer the whole time kind of like ignorance is bliss or would you have rather gone through everything that she went through but now you know the truth I think the latter because I think that she at her core I think she knew that it wasn't John like I think she in her like in her gut knew that and I think that that would have if she didn't like find out for sure that would have continued to eat at her for the rest of time you know what I mean like that sounds dramatic but I think that it would have just based on how she was explaining things at the beginning of the book and how she was feeling. And I think that knowing what happened gave her the opportunity to then start to process it rather than just like not knowing. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think that like if she hadn't opened up those doors and and found that all out, she would have never met November yes and i think that that like her coming into the story and in a way like filling part of the hole that april's death left Mm -hmm. i think that that was a really nice um i don't know i think that that will will help both of them honestly because similarly to november she lost april too yeah and so now she's able to be with like you know they're able to have a relationship Yeah, I do feel like November was such a sweet breath of air in this crazy gut-wrenching at times book because Mm -hmm. she, I think you said this at one point when we were texting about this book, that November was just, she was the best parts of April in a Mm -hmm. lot of ways. Like she didn't learn the mean sides of April until much later in life and she was already who she was. And she was also essentially an it girl, but in a different Mm -hmm. way, like she was kind and loving and loyal and she had these sweet friends and she was a model and she was an influencer and she was rich and she had all of the things that April did but seemed to not have that mean streak in her. And so hopefully, like you're saying, for both of them, that can be healing for each other. Mm -hmm. It was really trippy when Hannah kept seeing November, though, because they looked so much alike. At one point, I was like, wait a minute, what if April could really be alive? Like, did she fake her own death somehow? I really wanted that to be the ending for a large chunk of the book because it felt I think it felt the safest for me like nobody was the bad guy it could just be a true happy ending with no like super trauma to have to deal with but I I still liked the ending yeah I I'm pretty sure that I thought that as well especially because I was like oh this would have been the ultimate break (laughs) yeah if you had faked your own death like that would have been the scale of like what she you know what I mean but right And And I think it was the one scene where she, Hannah, like, saw November in a car. Like, she was driving by, Mm -hmm. so she couldn't really see her face. But, like, she thought it was her. And I was, I had the same thought. I was like, oh, my gosh, what if April has been alive this whole time? And it was John Neville dying that, like, kind of triggered the end of the prank. Because John Neville had done some things that I was like, "Mm, are you a good guy? Are you not? Like, I have some questions about your intentions. Are you just a dude who maybe doesn't realize how you're coming across i don't know it Mm -hmm. if i was hannah i would also have felt very uncomfortable by some of the things that he was doing and 
April was a very loyal friend. So was this her getting back at John? Were there things we didn't know about John? Because obviously Mm -hmm. April knew all of this information about people and used it against them. So did she learn that he was even more nefarious than he was? And so she was getting back at him while also getting back at Hannah. I don't know. I thought it could have been a good storyline, but Ruth's the master, so I'll trust her. And I did like this ending. Yeah. Same. Um, Jess, I have to bring it back to this because I was obsessed. I don't know that you were was or were as obsessed with this, but just to lighten the mood, how do we feel about the pet name Ducky or Ducks? Do you hear people actually saying that across the pond? Because I kept reading it and being like, that's so cute. I don't think I've ever heard it in like real life. Like I've never heard people oh. use, like, use that actual term. I think I've heard it in like other books or uh-huh. movies maybe but I don't even know if I realized that it was a British term until I read it in this book and then I looked it up <laughs> but it's basically just another word for like darling or dear or something I've heard dear used a lot mm-hmm. um, but I don't know I think it's cute and I, I feel like, like there's a lot of other terms that they use over here that I'm trying to incorporate into my daily vocabulary just so that one, I feel like a local and then maybe I can like, you know, put them into my my natural speaking. And then when I come back, people will think I'm cool. <laughs> so I can start calling you ducks. Love you, yeah. ducks. Sure. <laughs> um, well, that wraps it up for our first episode. We are so glad that you guys came to join us for book club this week, that you were here to talk with us about It Girl. We would love to hear what you thought about the book, if you had different suspects, if you had other questions, if you had moments that you were like, what is going on? Because that was me, basically the whole book. But we would love to hear them. Um, Rachel, what book are we reading next? Next, we will have The Long Game. It's a little just lighthearted romance to celebrate Valentine's Day. So total opposite of this <laughs> this crazy one. But Total opposite. And that'll yeah. drop in two weeks. We're dropping episodes every other week. So if you guys are reading along with us, you're reading the long game, you have questions that you want us to cover in that episode, you have comments about that book or that episode, let us know and you might just see your question pop up as one of the book club questions for that episode. Yeah, we're excited. This has been super fun. Like Kayla said at the beginning, we've wanted to do this for a long time and we did it. We did did our first episode. So it's exciting. All right. See you guys in two weeks. Hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Books and Boards Pod to see what book we'll be reading next. We'd love to chat with you about our current read in our DMs. You can also email us at booksandboardspod at gmail.com with future book recommendations, comments, or questions that you want us to cover during a future episode. See you soon.